You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Oh, g'day there. Welcome to the rewrap for Monday. All the best bits from the Mark Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning nobody goes to school anymore. What are you doing, Australia? Uh, NCEA, also not that popular. Um, Gore Council, still haven't got their act together, and uh, we're going to finish up watching UK TV. Not the channel, like actual TV out of the UK. But before any of that, uh, Labor's announced some policies. Well, did they? Seems like they were just continuing policies. Is that an announcement? A bit of good news for the National Party, I thought, over the weekend. The attack came from Labor that we are going to be $100 worse off under National. Uh, The word poor was used. Very emotive. Deliberately emotive, I thought. Poor. What is poor? Who is poor? Who decides? Anyway, we'll see a bit of this in the campaign. The rich-poor divide. The idea is to create envy, of course. If you don't have it, you don't want others to have it. The rich pricks, they need to be taught a lesson. And if you stick with Labour, we'll give it to them good and proper. It's the exact opposite, of course, to how most New Zealanders think, and that is why it won't work. But the reason they're doing it is because they know they're in trouble. When you've run out of your own ideas, or when your own ideas have turned out to be shambolic, the economy, debt, crime, you go after the other guy. Now, the second part of good news was an article about Chris Luxon and how people inside his party are having issues with his lack of performance. The media, sadly, are already declaring their hand. The insiders, the people in the party, of course, are not named. There are never any names, but it's a tactic the media use to introduce stuff they want talked about. And discussion of Luxon and his performance or lack of it is to the government's advantage, of course. The good part is for National, forewarned, forearmed. There will be more where this comes from. There was the astonishingly bad story last week from TV3 over the AI and ads, which was not news, but does give you a clue around agenda and how far some will go to help the government. Two things from my point of view. Firstly, these PM numbers they keep banging on about, they're overhyped. Neither bloke is setting the world on fire. Last week's, what were the numbers, 25, 18, whatever they were, reflect, they, 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 neither's a rock star. But it doesn't matter, because this election is not fought on rock stars, it's fought on mood. What is the mood of the country, and does it need changing? The other thing is the narrative that this is a close race. It isn't. It won't be. Anyone who has been around a while sees a tide go out. Governments lose elections, oppositions don't win them. Short of calamity, this is already over. It's just a matter of margins. But watch for the media, watch for the no-name articles, watch for the invented stories, watch out for the agendas. It will be interesting and ugly. Okay, okay, so if it's such a foregone conclusion, I'm pretty sure it means that we don't have to do an election show on election night. I I got an email the other day, I've been rostered on for bloody election night again. The rewrap. Surely there must be somebody else who can push the ads on election night. Isn't there? Um, I would love to wag that. Not... The people around here, they get very excited about election night, and the whole time I'm just thinking, oh, I wish I wasn't here. Wish I was at home. With a bourbon. Watching some B-grade sci-fi or something. Uh, I know, poor attitude. And, and, and it's just like when I was at school. Bad attitude, not going. And that seems to have caught on, that trend. So this business of going to school, which I know we don't appear to be in favour of anymore in this country. If you look at these statistics, not many people go to school. 
on a regular basis. In fact, less than half of the people go to school on a regular basis, and yet there's alarm bells ringing across the Tasman I'm reading over the weekend. Uh, the very same thing. You think, oh, well, well, maybe we're not so bad after all. They're upset, though, because attendance rates across the state, and the state I refer to as New South Wales, have tumbled two historic lows last year. They missed a total of 3.8 million days. And when you add all the kids up and you do days like that, you know, it sounds much more dramatic and stuff. Uh, more than 350 public schools had attendance rates that fell below. Ours is 47%, right? So we've got an attendance rate, a regular attendance rate of 47%. That's how egregiously, appallingly bad things have gotten our schools in this country. They're worried in New South Wales at the fact that they're below 80%. So eight out of 10 days. If we got to 80%, we'd be celebrating ourselves as a first world country. So once again, a stark gap between their standards and what's acceptable and our standards and what's acceptable. You know what those figures tell me? Those figures tell me that there's nowhere else those kids would rather be. There's nothing more interesting for them to do than to go to school. And I think that's a sad state of affairs. It's a bad look for Australia. The rewrap. Um, we're going to keep bashing the schools now, I think, or the education system, uh, with uh, another, more schools pulling out of NCEA. Yet another of our um, senior schools in this country is dumping NCEA Level 1, largest school in the country. In fact, is going to be presenting its own diploma for 11, uh, Year 11 students from next year. Another vote of no confidence in the Labor government. This guy called Patrick Gale runs the place. Reforms have been poorly implemented. St Cuthbert's College, we talked about this um, a week or so back, had them on the program. So Labor has previously announced that in a bid to raise education and literacy standards, it's introducing major changes, of course. Now, the schools are required to implement changes to Level 1 NCEA, that's Year 11, uh, standards for Year 11 students next year. Then the changes to Level 2 will start in 2026, Level 3 changes 2027. But Gale argues, and he's right, it creates a ridiculous situation where current Year 11 students will go out to uh, onto new tests and standards next year, then go back to the old standards in 2025 when they're in Year 12. It doesn't make any sense, and it's actually harming student outcomes. And the question you've got to ask the man who was in charge of it all, the Minister of Education, Chris Hipkins before he was Minister of Police, before he was Minister of COVID, and all the other success stories he can run off, <laughs> is why didn't you think about that, you plonker? I um, wasted quite a lot of time listening to that bit of audio from Mike Hosking there, and I still don't know what he's talking about. I don't understand what the new system is, what the old system was, how you can just make up a diploma for Year 11s. I... Uh, I, I, I just hate thinking about school. I hated it when I was there, and I hate thinking about it now. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. So let's move on. The rewrap. Gore. Let's talk gore. Because uh, it's been a few days, and we need to know what's happening down there. Have they sorted everything out? Is everybody friends again? Are they moving forward? Are they taking steps to? Uh, solve their uh, $50 million debt that they've got. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the uh, the waters of gore, news permeates out that Stephen Parry is in a world of trouble. Now, Parry's the CEO uh, that doesn't get along with Mayor Bell, the same bloke that didn't show up to the Pistols at Dawn meeting because he's apparently on Compassionate Leave. After the mass backdown from the spineless councillors who never quite understood that a democracy or a democratically elected mayor trumps their own personal vendettas, we now hear 
they are to consider yet another petition. I mean, boy, does Gore love signing their name to stuff. This is 5,000 strong, this current one. Do remember Gore, population 12,000, so it's a very good turnout. Anyway, the 5,000 want Parry gone. So two problems here. One, the fact the council are giving this any time at all. And two, the legal aspects of taking a petition to sack someone. Seriously, can't do that. Small clue is that Parry, ogre or not, is not elected by the people and is certainly not employed via a petition. The same way you are not employed via a petition is the same way you can't get sacked via a petition. I learned this a few years back when it was announced I was to host the TBNZ election year debates and also host the election night coverage. And there were a few people, 76,000 in the end, who got a bit angsty at that call, so they lined up a whole lot of lobbies to put their name to having me removed. Obviously, I wasn't removed, nor was I ever going to be. But it was a very good and tangible example that, by and large, petitions are a complete and utter waste of time. As for Gore, you would have hoped that having sorted the bell thing out, they might just, you know, I don't know, shut up, buckle down, do a bit of work, By reacting to the petition the way they have, they have one, given false hope to the petitioners, and two, potentially given a few lawyers some billable hours looking into the legals around sacking people because the locals are a bit restless. Come on, Gore! Get your act together. It's, I mean, I think we're just going to have to face facts, aren't we? It's just the general downfall of society, isn't it? That's what we're dealing with here. The school doesn't work. Um, You can't make a town work. You know, not, not even a particularly large town. That's completely dysfunctional. The rewrap. Um, I, I live in fear one day I'm going to turn on the TV and there won't be any TV there because they will have forgotten how to make the TV work. Philip Schofield thing in Britain. I mean, what a cluster. What a complete and utter disaster. It, got, it, it went from a sort of a scandalette to him turning out to be a great big grotesque liar having misled everybody from the top to the bottom of the company. And now, apparently, despite what ITV is saying this morning, the uh, the show's in some real peril. Anyway, I read a fascinating article about Britain's fascination. And you've got to remember, with well, God bless Philip Schofield, and he's got a connection to New Zealand, of course, you've got to remember this is just a morning program. This isn't a breakfast TV or anything substantial. This is just the like the good morning show. Remember we used to have Mary Lambie on the good morning show? You know why they cancel it? No one watches it. No, it's people have got a life. At 10 o'clock in the morning, they got a life. No one's watching this crap. These are minor players. And so there's a very good article about why the Brits are so fascinated by celebrity. And they've done a poll, apparently, and this poll found that 44% of Brits admitted to caring about things that made no difference to their life. 44%. Half the respondents said they knew more about celebrities' lives than they do about their friends. 80% said they knew less about their mum and dad. 38% said they were bothered by the fact that Kylie Jenner hadn't revealed her son's name eight months after he was born. And 36% said they spent too long thinking about how Harry and Meghan stepping down from the royal duties would affect the royal family. So you can see the Poms are a weird group of well, people. What was the percentage of people who thought that it was a waste of time filling out any of those questions Precisely. in And so you can see the Poms are an unusual group of people. You can ask the question, why did they... Why, why... Oh, too many questions. I was just going to I was gonna get into a whole thing about... I feel a bit sorry for Phil Schofield because he was living this life where he felt like he had to lie to everybody about everything. And what kind of society... You know, was he living in where he felt he had to do that? But I can't be bothered. I'm Glenn ZP. <laughs> ah, we've got more live downfall of society for you tomorrow. Uh, play by play. It'll, it, it's it's all falling to pieces like a Indy 500. See you then. The rewrap. The rewrap.
For more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio.